You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode 66. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. Are you on a production plateau and you need a little nudge to get going? Most people are. If so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have a process for knowing how to kickstart their business. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they've never really learned how to create the perfect prospecting campaign. In other words, they're simply leaving their business growth up to chance and hoping that they reach the next level instead of knowing that they're going to reach the next level. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing and you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn how to create your perfect prospecting campaign. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How to understand what it takes to control your prospecting instead of leaving it up to chance. So if you're ready to, to learn the tools and techniques to change your prospecting efforts, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to create the perfect prospecting campaign? Because having or not having the perfect prospecting campaign means the difference between staying on a production plateau or getting to the next level. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast today. Because I want you to understand that finding the right campaign for you and having the right steps with that campaign can get you the success that you've always wanted. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover three things today. First, building your campaign systems so that you have a process for how to create the perfect prospecting campaign. Second, the top five prospecting campaigns so that you know what prospecting campaigns you're working on and what you should work on because they work for other people. And third, understanding the next level so that you know what to do when you're ready to succeed. Now, before we jump into those three things that we're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like if you knew exactly what to do to build and implement as well as succeed in filling up the pipeline? Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learn? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. Building your campaign systems. Now, before we get into the topic of how to build the perfect prospecting campaign, I think it's important to explain what I mean by the words prospecting campaign. It means any prospecting efforts that you have specific steps for to add people to the pipeline and turn them into clients. And typically, a campaign, or in this case, a prospecting campaign, could be finite or it could be infinite. You see, if it's finite, or a finite amount of time, it might be something like an IRA contribution campaign. In this case, you'd really just run that campaign from the beginning of January to April 15th, when tax time is over. But you probably wouldn't run that campaign in May or June because people aren't thinking about their taxes right then. But you could run some other prospecting campaign for a, an infinite amount of time, such as the, well, the Find the Money campaign, which is a way to consistently find additional assets from your current clients. The point is, 
prospecting campaigns are more more effective during specific times of the year, sometimes, and sometimes they can be infinite, and they're not time sensitive. So let's take a look at a step-by-step process for how to build your campaign systems. Step one, identify what you're passionate about. It might sound simple, but you need to be passionate about what you're going to talk about and what you're going to do. Otherwise, a week or a month or a couple of months could go by and the campaign is just something that dries up and you quit. So that's why it's important to identify what you're passionate about. Let me explain what I mean. So years ago, I had a client, Joe P. That's not his real name. A 30-year veteran financial advisor who said to me that he needed some help converting his book into a fee-based platform. He had always been a transactional broker, but he was concerned. And the reason was is because he was getting older, and he felt that he didn't have the passion that he once had at picking stocks and calling all of his clients to do transactions. And he explained to me that it was difficult over time to keep calling everyone and saying, buy this and sell that. So he decided he wanted to do something different. Also, it, was, it wasn't very time efficient for him. And the business had slowed down because his passion was fading. Finally, his firm was going to increase the minimum gross commission requirements. And he knew that if he converted his book to fee-based accounts, he would easily be over the firm's required standards. The only problem was he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say to the clients if he ran the campaign. So I had him go to step two. Step two, determine what you're going to say. Once you've identified any campaign that you want to run, you need to know what you're going to say. And more importantly, why? Why it's good for the prospect or the client. Now, let me clarify what I mean by when I say prospecting campaign. A prospecting campaign can also include clients if you're looking for for additional new assets, new money converting their current investments into something else or cross-selling. So it doesn't just have to be prospects. And knowing what to say comes down to two of the fundamental techniques that I teach all the time. The first one is framing the conversation, which is a four-step process to set the appointment. And it's intro, the reason for my call, three benefits, and close. And the second is using story-based selling, which is really all about just using analogies, metaphors, or or examples to illustrate or to help the prospect or the client to understand what you're what you're trying to help them understand, which is probably this new investment vehicle. So when I explained to Joe that I understood why the firm wanted him to convert his book to fee-based, you know, to the fee-based platform, but I didn't understand why his clients would want to, to do that since they've always relied on him, and he simply replied, I'm getting older, and I want them to have better returns. And that was all I needed to know. And it was all I needed for him to know what to say to his clients. So we mapped out framing the conversation. We mapped out the steps that I told you about. And we crafted a great story to help the clients understand that Joe was now taking another type of role, managing the money managers instead of picking stocks. And finally, we practiced both techniques. And after all of that, We went to step three. Step three, preparing for the pushback. Change can be a scary thing to some people. It doesn't matter if it's a prospect deciding to leave their current advisor or 
a client deciding to change their investment vehicles with you. And that's why it's important to get ready to, for what I call anyway, pushback. In other words, the objection or objections that you're going to hear. Things like, let me think about it. It seems expensive. I think I need to talk to my spouse. I want to wait until the market goes up. I want to wait until the market goes down. And so on. These are all common objections. And if you don't have a process for preparing for the pushback, so to speak, you're dead in the water. The two techniques that you need to do in order to handle objections are really this. First, the smokescreen technique. And second, the objection resolution model technique. So the smokescreen technique is really, it's a technique to find the real objection, the core objection. It's not about them being busy or they want to think about it. It's about them coming to a conclusion that they are open to telling you the real objection. So if I heard the well, let me think about it. I'd say, in addition to thinking about it, what else is holding you back from wanting to move forward? And then I'd wait to hear what they said. Well, it seems kind of expensive. Is there anything else? No, it just seems expensive. This helps us to find the real objection. And the real objection can easily be, be handled if we know how with the objection resolution model. The objection resolution model is really a four-step process. Number one, empathy acknowledgement. Number two, best question. Number three, three benefits. Number four, close. So Joe knew that the biggest objection was going to be, I don't want to change things. They seem to be working for me, as is. Now, this was tough because he was the one that had been servicing his clients for years. And I knew that he had to help them understand that he could do a better job than he was doing right now. But still at the same time, maintaining the position that, yes, we were doing a good job and it was working, but this is going to work even better. So we crafted the objection resolution model for his objection of them not wanting to change. And it went like this. I don't know if I really want to change anything because it seems to be working. Well, I completely understand and I appreciate the compliment, but I'm kind of curious do you still want me to call you a stock recommendations 5, 10, or even 15 years from now when you're in retirement? The reason I ask is because by having this in a fee-based account, we could have a professional money manager watch over the account when I'm not there and when you're on vacation too. Also, we can monitor, well, I can monitor the money managers to see if they're doing their job. And you don't have to have me call you every time there's a, a change in the account. Can you see how this can help you as you get older? And once he got good at the previous steps, he was ready to go to step four. Step four, execute the plan and track your progress. Now, as a business coach and business consultant, I've had the pleasure of seeing these campaigns all come together for so many people. And, and once someone is in step four, all they need to do is just take action and track their results. That way we can discuss what's working and what's not. And here's what happened. With Joe, that is. Joe had 72 households that he earmarked for converting to fee-based accounts. Then he spent three months setting appointments and telling the story. And next, he converted everyone. And finally, his gross commissions went right up and in the nick of time because as that summer hit, his dad got sick and his mother-in-law got sick. And each of those 
two people went to a nursing home in the opposite direction, an hour away from the, the city that he lives in, Toronto, in opposite directions. Each of them, as they went to their nursing homes in opposite directions, needed people to come see them. So he spent a lot of time going to, to both, both places. By the fall, unfortunately, they both passed away. And he settled both estates, and, and finally he, you know, basically was burnt out. It was a tough year. And he said to me, if he had not converted his book to fee-based accounts, he probably would have gotten fired because he wasn't in the office enough. And I think you're starting to understand how important it is to, to build a successful campaign, whatever that campaign is. And maybe you don't need this type of campaign for you because you're fee-based. Instead, maybe you need a campaign that's going to grow your business quickly. Well, that is what we're going to talk about next. The Top 5 Prospecting Campaigns As I said, prospecting isn't just about talking to new people or prospects. Instead, it can be about talking to your current clients. Talking to your current clients about new money, new ideas, or whatever it is in order to get new business. And with that said, I'm going to show you the top five prospecting campaigns that you can apply today in order to get that little nudge that you need in order to get off the production plateau. Now, these are just five prospecting campaigns. There are a lot more prospecting campaigns out there, but we just don't have time in one podcast to cover everything. So let's take a look at a brief summary of the first prospecting campaign. Campaign one, find the money campaign. Whether you want to believe it or not, your clients have more money. And they most likely have more money elsewhere that they haven't told you about for years and they didn't want to tell you about it. Now, I know that somebody out there somewhere is saying, nope, I know where all of my clients' assets are because I do financial plans for all of my clients and I've seen everything. But if this is you, if you're saying this, and if you're wrong, wouldn't you want to know it? I mean, what if they had something that they did not want to tell you about because they didn't want to make any changes? It reminds me of what a client said years ago when they first started working with me. They were retired, and they put some money into a product that they and I believed would do well, and it did. But then I asked the question, do you have any money anywhere that's not doing this well? Now, the problem was at the time that I was a product pusher, not a problem solver. That is, until I realized what I was doing wrong. She quickly said to me, we have that big annuity, but we aren't going to do anything with that. And then she turned to her husband, and he quickly agreed. But I kept asking the questions, the right questions. What is it? What's it in? How long have you had it? What kind of returns have you been getting? And here's what I found out. I found out that they had a fixed annuity for 15 years that was averaging 3% a year. And as you know, during the 90s, they were missing out on a huge bull run that lasted a long time. And the next week, I showed them a variable annuity. And they literally got into it, and they literally doubled their money years later. The point is, they had more money, and so do your clients. And here's how we're going to find that. So here are the find the money campaign steps. Step one, map out your find the money campaign intro. And what I like to use is, oh, by the way, before I forget, and then getting into the story, 
That's step two. Tell your find the money story. One of the stories that I like to tell is the missing puzzle piece story. It basically goes like this. This is a condensed version. Oh, by the way, before I forget, I've been doing something for my clients and here's why. You see, each one of your investments that you have here is kind of like a puzzle piece. And everything you have in different banks or your insurance or different brokerage firms are all other puzzle pieces. What I don't know is what are the missing puzzle pieces? I know you've got some money at the bank. I know you've got a checking account, savings account, and so on. But there are other things that are probably missing, such as your life insurance, your long-term care insurance, or maybe it's other brokerage firms. What do you think is missing in this puzzle piece? Because what I'd really like to do is put the, the whole puzzle together for you and show you your financial puzzle, what it looks like on the box. But I'm missing some puzzle pieces. And then you go into the close. So what are some of the missing puzzle pieces to your financial puzzle that can help me help you to understand your money? And then don't say a word. And it reminds me of one of my largest clients, that team, which manages $2 billion, started using this story or a variation of this story. And after telling the story for the last six months, they've actually found $98 million in new money from their current clients. Now, if they can find new money in their book, so can you. Let's go to the next campaign. Campaign two, the client-centered referral campaign. Now, referrals are one of the best ways to grow your business because it's one of the smartest ways to grow your business. Unfortunately, most people don't ask for the referrals the right way, which is not smart. Instead, what they're doing is they're using the traditional way, which is really self-serving. And it sounds like this. Who do you know that is interested in getting this level of service that you're getting? But clients aren't really going to give you a referral for that reason. You see, clients only give you a referral for one of two reasons. First, they want to help you grow your business. That's not the reason. Or second, they want to help those that they love and care about. Well, of those two reasons, which one do you think is more motivating to them? That's right. They want to help people that they love and care about. So shouldn't your entire conversation be centered around that reason? It should. And here's how. Now, let's take a look at a step-by-step process for the client-centered referral dialogue campaign. And think of it this way. It's just a series of steps, and anybody can do it. Step one, map out your client-centered referral dialogue. And it's something that I teach, which is really just five questions. I did a whole podcast on this. And what this is, is just simple questions to get them to come to a conclusion that they want to help somebody that they care about. Step two, name source so that you know who they might want to help. And in other words, if they talk about going to, let's say, on vacation to Ireland with their sister, bring up their sister. Step three, practice the client-centered referral dialogue questions. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second and tell you what the questions are, so grab a pen and write this down if you're in some place where you can actually write this down. And the questions are easy. Has this been helpful? How has this helped you most? How do you feel about that? Who would you like to help feel blank, what they said? Who would you like to help feel great because what they said? Because they now have direction and understand their money. And then you jump into the name source. You know, you mentioned your sister that you go to Ireland with, and you've gone a couple of times, her and her husband. Do you think you'd want to help her feel this way about her money as well? 
and then you wait. Because step four, this is the next step, understand the referral tactical cheat sheet. Because step four is when you're going to get pushback. Well, she probably has an advisor. And then if you know what to do with the tactical cheat sheet, just shoot me an email and I'll send it to you. Then you know exactly how to handle that. Step five, role play both the questions in the tactical cheat sheet. And step six, ask for referrals every day. And finally, step seven, track your progress. See, if you don't track your progress, you won't know how you did. And actually, this is the final one. Step eight, follow up with the referral and put them into the new business strategy list. In other words, put them into your pipeline. Well, let's go back to that team that I coach, that large team that has $2 billion. So that large team that has $2 billion under management, assets under management that I mentioned, well, in mid-January we started, but it took a couple of weeks for them to understand this process. And this is what they wanted to learn. They wanted to learn a process for asking for referrals. So I taught them the client-centered referral dialogue. So essentially, it started, we started this campaign in early February. And by the end of July, six months as of this recording, by the end of July, well, they had 297 households total. They asked actually 248 or 83% of the households for referrals. Get this. They were shooting for 49 referrals in July. They got, uh, actually, they were shooting for 60 referrals and they got 49. And they have a total, or had a total, of 114 referrals in six months. That's 46% of the referrals that they asked for they got a referral from. And they found assets. They found $98 million in assets. And they converted, or gathered, $43 million in six months. Now, that's pretty impressive. And this isn't to impress you, but to impress upon you that this campaign works if you know how to work this campaign. Well, let's go to the next campaign. Campaign three, the COI campaign. If you're looking for a long-term campaign that can be a game changer in your business, then you want to go with the COI campaign, Center of Influence campaign. The goal is to get at least six Center of Influences that are connected to your top clients to turn into your clients. And it can happen. A COI is really more likely to send you referrals when they are your client as well. So how do we make them your client? Let me explain the campaign. Step one, identify your top clients that you don't know their, uh, their CPA or their attorney. Identify those people. Step two, map out your COI dialogue that you'll have with your clients. In other words, you're going to bring up this conversation that you really don't know their accountant, their CPA, their attorney. Step three, practice the COI dialogue. Step four, have the client set the lunch meeting so all three of you get together. Step five, during the lunch meeting, have the client tell the story of how you two got to know each other and find out how they got to know each other and find out about the center of influence. People love to talk about themselves. Step six, do a follow-up call to the COI. Thank them. Ask them if they're interested in a second opinion about what they have. Step seven, have a first appointment with them. And that's when you get together with them and you, you, you talk about their specific financial goals. Get their statements. Put together some recommendations. And step eight, have that second appointment so that you close 
Now, here's the most important part. Step nine, service these people like they're a, an A-plus client, regardless of the assets that they have with you. And step 10, get this, ask for referrals. You see, if you use the client-centered referral dialogue that I just did, you're going to start to basically get some new referrals from this center of influence. And it reminds me of a client that I had years ago who told me that he moved to Milwaukee kind of later in life. He was in the corporate setting of an insurance company, and he moved from the East Coast to Milwaukee, where his wife's family was from. And when he got there, he decided that he was going to shift gears, get out of the corporate world, and he bought an agency, a small agency of clients. So in the first year, he got to know the clients. In the second year, he got to know their COIs. And, and this, this is what he did. He did this campaign. And by year four, he had six centers of influence, mostly CPAs, as his clients. And by year five, he had all of his new clients that he got, brand new clients, came from referrals from his center of influence. And what was happening was he was cloning his best clients. This was the only prospecting campaign that he ran, and it worked. So let's go to the next campaign. Campaign four, the cross-selling campaign. Now, it's no secret that your clients need your products and services. But have you ever thought about how, how you're not servicing your clients? If you're a financial advisor, do they have life insurance with you? Do they have long-term care? If you're a, an insurance agent, do they have investments with you? <laughs> if not, why not? If you're able to do investments. In other words, do you cross-sell to your client base on a consistent basis? And again, if not, why not? The biggest reason people don't sell to their client base isn't because they can't. It's because they won't. But what are you leaving on the table? And how do you know that, that they have the right products and services from somebody else? One of the biggest concerns people have about cross-selling is that if they do cross-sell, they have a new product or service that could create more, more for them to do. In other words, they might feel more stressed out. And maybe if you're not cross-selling, you're feeling that same way too. But what if you had someone on your team that could do it for you? Let me explain the process for cross-selling so that you understand what I mean. Number one, identify a product or service that you don't do for your clients. Number two, decide on who is going to do the campaign. Maybe it's not you at all. Number three, you or them will need to learn everything they can about that product or that process, about that service. Number four, map out the framing the conversation dialogue to set the appointments. I showed you that earlier. Number five, be ready for objections. We talked about that with the smokescreen technique, with the objection resolution model technique. Number six, set the appointments. Number seven, explain the product or service. And number eight, handle the objections. And finally, number nine, close. Let me tell you a quick story about how this works. Years ago, I had a client in LA. She was a junior advisor working for her mom at Edward Jones. Her mom had been in the in the business for 25 years. She was considered a stockbroker. It's pretty much what she did. She didn't do any life insurance. She basically bought and sold stocks. Now, she felt like a, a glorified assistant, and what she was doing was her, assist, her mom's assistant's job, basically. So we mapped out a cross-selling campaign about life insurance. 
Now, she didn't know anything about life insurance, so what I did is I had her do a quote on herself. And I had her figure out the paperwork, and a week later, she understood all of it. She said it was easy, actually. She mapped out what to say because I showed her. She mapped out how to say it because I showed her, and she mapped out how to handle the objections because I showed her how to do it. A week later, when I called her up for our coaching session, she said to me she had six closing appointments with six quotes. Her mom never viewed her as an assistant ever again because she was adding value to her clients, to her mom, and to herself. And that's how you do a cross-selling campaign. So let's go to the final campaign. Campaign five, the digital marketing campaign. Okay, so this is the newest campaign. It's one of those that opens doors to new people. And it's no secret that digital marketing is here to stay. But what is it? What is digital marketing? Here is the textbook definition of digital marketing. Digital marketing, also known as online marketing, is the promotion of brands to connect with potential customers using the internet and other forms of digital communication. This includes not only emails, social media, and web-based advertising, but also text and multimedia messages as marketing channels. Essentially, what they're saying is, if a marketing campaign involves digital communication, it's digital marketing. That's it. So what this is all about is, is getting strangers to know who you are before you even talk to them. And the way to do that is digital. Think of it this way. If you went to a, an apartment complex that you had to get buzzed in, you'd buzz the buzzer and the person in the, in the apartment would say, who's there? And you'd announce yourself. Same thing. Where I've seen the biggest success in this space is really on LinkedIn. Let me explain using digital marketing so that you understand what I mean by using LinkedIn to do this. Getting a LinkedIn account and linking in with the clients is a must. So first off, number one, get your LinkedIn account and link in with your clients. Number two, get LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So if you don't know what that is, Google that. What it'll do is it'll help you find your target market. <laughs> Number three, use an automated service to ask to link in with them. Don't do it yourself. It's time consuming. Number four, have the automated software automatically send a sequence of recurring emails to them. And these automated softwares are out there. There's a lot of them. Number five, ask in the emails if they want to meet. And that usually happens after probably the third or fourth email. But if you have an automated sequence, it's no big deal because you don't have to do it. And number six, have a link to Calendarly. You've probably heard of that. It's where you literally put in the times available. So they click that and they set an appointment and it automates the system. Number seven, have the first meeting. Number eight, have the second meeting to close. Number nine, close the sale. Now, this sounds easy, but you need to have other people run the campaign because you don't have the time to do it. In other words, you need software and you need others to set up the, the email sequence. Also, you need the right messages to go out. And this is a process, but once you have it set up and running, it's on autopilot and it works and you'll start to get appointments. And let me explain what one client does. So more than one actually have done this. I've got clients who are using this system. And one of the clients that I'm thinking of, he got a great LinkedIn profile. He did a great job putting it together. And he wrote a book, and he targeted his target market. 
and he's got these software set up. <laughs> he's got the automated message sequence. He's got the outside consultants that work for him on this system, and he's getting appointments, and he's adding people to the pipeline, and the process is working, but it's not easy. It takes time. But once you got it up and running, it'll work for you, and you will get to the next level. The next level. So I said we'd cover three things in this podcast. First, building your campaign systems. Check, we did that. Second, the top five prospecting campaigns. Check, we did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is the next level, so that you know what to do when you're ready to get to the next level. What you probably know by now is that creating the perfect prospecting campaign can play an important role in your success. But what you might not know is that it'll happen a lot faster if you have the right coach. And the right coaching will create the process for you. In fact, I've been in the industry, as I've said in many podcasts, for 30 years, and I've been coaching advisors and agents since 2004. And as a result, I've taken advisors of every type to the next level. The real question is, are you ready for the next step, the next level? So what is the next step? Well, the next step is simple. It takes about 30 seconds, and it's probably the most important step you're ever going to take in your business. And here's why. You could either disregard everything that you heard in this podcast and keep going back to whatever you were doing, and nothing will change. That's the wrong step in the wrong direction. Or you could take the right step in the right direction. It takes about 30 seconds or less. And what I mean by that is just email me. Email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Simply write in the subject line, let's talk. And I'll shoot you an email back and we'll find out a good time that's going to work for both of us. We'll talk about your challenges and the solutions and I'll help you create your own prospecting campaign that's right for you. So this is absolutely the right step in the right direction, because if you do this step, if you start the process of getting connected with others, you're going to get those connections. You're going to get camaraderie and ancillary learning. And it's probably what you've always needed in your business to take it to the next level. Also, you'll be able to finally have the solutions to help you build the perfect prospecting campaign. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time. Thank you.